This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, Longcat Media presents Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. Chapter 27. Greetings, fans of the esoteric. It is I, Magenta, and him. I am Bernard. I'm here as well. Yes. And guess what, Bernard? What? I think we're going to finish the book today. <gasps> oh, really? Yes. We're very near the end, aren't we? We are, yes. It's very so, thin, the book now. Uh, yes, so I think we should just crack on, you know, and then maybe afterwards we can discuss whether there's going to be a season two, as yes. they say in America. Good plan. Yes. We're nearly there. Race to the finish. Race to the finish, indeed. Let's. So, should we just get on then? Let's start right. reading the book. So, this is chapter twenty-four. You've put six exclamation marks after twenty-four there. Well, it's very exciting, isn't it? Yes. Oh, should we? Should I say what happened in the end of the last chapter? Oh, maybe it's an idea. We. So we've just. What, what's happened? We've just uh, managed so, to get Fazir into the into the bathroom. So I just. I just gave him a shove. And, yeah, pushed him into the bathroom that sort of glamoured as uh, an exclusive club. Yes. Because Derek you... is inside of me. Oh, yes. Uh, providing uh, yes, a sort I've... of magical, uh, uh, what do you call it, engine. Yes, I'm trying trying uh, not to think about reserve. that too hard. Well, you know, I was married to him before, Bernard. He has been in me several times. Mm, well, dear, must we really... Let's not think about that. Right, let's get on. Chapter 24. Here we go. Fazir stumbles violently forwards, and I quickly follow him in. Heart pounding, I spin round and swing the bathroom door closed behind me, locking it with trembling fingers. Shit! Just before it closed, I'd clocked the cleaner scurrying in our direction from where he'd been perched on the edge of a row of seats. He'd obviously positioned himself so that he could keep an eye on the bathroom. There'd been a look of hearty disapproval on his wrinkled chihuahua face. I imagine he was wondering why the sexy lady unlocking the bathroom did not look like a police officer in a flak jacket. Door locked, I swing round to Vizier. He's clinging to an island of sinks, having obviously collided with them during his abrupt entrance. He doesn't seem to mind, though. Too surprised is he by the overwhelming luxury surrounding him. It's much more random than previous occasions. I don't have the time or focus for nuance and specifics, so I've been constantly firing out visions of every razzmatazz thing I've ever seen and letting Fazir fill in the rest. I've also had to do all of that while unlocking doors and the like, so in fact, it's a complete mess. Fazir must think he's in a combination of the Moulin Rouge, the Brit Awards and Scrooge McDuck's vault. It's certainly arresting his attention, though. 
Thankfully, he's not interested in the aggressive air hostess who just sent him crashing into a row of sinks. Fazir instead gazes in wonderment at the vaulted ceilings where trapeze artists swing from chandeliers before turning his attention to the milling celebrities. Fazir heads deeper into the bathroom, where he is offered a canopy by one of Millie Vanilli. Just as he goes to pop the ethereal snackette into his mouth, Derek drops forward and out of my body. I slump sideways against a cubicle door, my legs turn to warm jelly as heat returns to my body. And with that, the bathroom illusion abruptly disappears. Fazir stops in his tracks, blindsided by the abrupt switch in sensory information. From chandeliers and celebrity musk to strip lighting and the tang of detergent in the blink of an eye. He hasn't turned to me yet, but it's only a matter of time. I look desperately around. Where the hell is Gabriel? Fazir stirs. I duck sideways into the toilet cubicle I've been leaning against, slamming the door and slide the bolt across with slippery fingers. I feel like I'm in some kind of ghastly horror movie. The door of the cubicle looks worryingly flimsy. Silence. As quietly as I can, I gingerly close the toilet lid and go to sit on it. Well, what else can I do? Might as well have a sit down. Then I stop myself, pull off some toilet paper from the dispenser and give the rim and lid a wipe. Then I repeat the action, then again, then I methodically cover the seat with fresh paper and sit down. I mean, honestly, what's wrong with everyone? Perfectly normal people who look bright and fresh and sane, who then merrily piss all over a public toilet and leave it for the next person to deal with. I just don't understand how their minds work. Have some consideration, you dirty fuckers. Oh, can you beep that, please, my dear? Well, we haven't beeped any of the other ones. Have so we, we not? No, I've been letting them go. I didn't realise you wanted me to beep Oh, God! Well, I, I have had a few outraged of Tunbridge Wells sort of letters. Well, it, it does say parental advisory on the front of the... Or, or, I on thought the that was the sexy content. Well, well, that too as well, but uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's all right. I think if they've, if, they, if they've got as far as the end of the book here, chapter 20, whatever it's it is... It's a bit late to start complaining now, isn't it? It is rather, yes, I think. all right, then. Anyway... It's no longer silent outside. While I've been swabbing the loo seat, Fazir had started muttering to himself. That had, in turn, developed into some rather energetic shouting, accompanied by the occasional reverberating thud as his fists slammed against various surfaces. He's now prowling up and down the bathroom, ranting and raving, and it's only a matter of time before he remembers I'm here. Derek has floated into my cubicle, where I'm sat with my knees drawn up to my chin. He looks exhausted and unhealthy. Indeed, he's not that much more substantial than Todd now. I think I've only got about... I think I do Derek, don't I, Bernard? No, I was doing Derek. Really? Yes, I was doing Derek. You told me to do, 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 do Derek, and I was doing him like this. Oh, God, that's right. Yes, off you go then. Sorry, I wanted to dominate this, um, this chapter, but you should have your moment in the sun. Oh, off you go. All, all right. I think I've only got about three hours until I'm completely out of power. He whispers. Whisper. We have to get the rings and take them to the ugly animals before my time is up. Ugh, all these deadlines. I glare silently at Derek. I can't answer him because Fazir might hear and I don't want to draw his attention. Which is when I notice the ranting has stopped. It's a bit ominous. And then I hear Fazir's laboured breathing right on the other side of my cubicle door. Gabriel! I hiss through clenched teeth. Where the shitting hell are you? Show yourself now! Is it time? A bored voice says from beyond. Okay, then. And suddenly, 
I am blind. A pure heavenly light fills my vision, accompanied by a tsunami of sound. A thousand voices of staggering purity rising in seconds to a nerve-shredding crescendo. Can you do that, Bernard? What, what, what with, the, with the sound and so yes, on? Yes, can you do a good sound effect? Uh, yes, I'm sure I can. Right, do it here. All right. Right here. Yes. And then they can get the full effect. Well, they sort of go now. back and... All right. Just then. Hopefully, hopefully there it was. Okay. Right. And then, nothing. A new blindness. The blackness of space. Oh, end of chapter. We must carry on. Oh, we yes. can't oh, leave no. them there. There's, there's uh, several chapters I'm just going to, going to go right through because it's so exciting. So here we are, the next chapter. Chapter 24. Here we are. I tell you what. What? I think the, I think the last chapter was also chapter twenty four. Was it? Yes, with some ex- exclamation marks after it. Oh, it was. But uh, again, oh, I think if anyone's got a problem with that, it's far too late to be complaining now. Yes, and there's no doubt at the time I was doing a numerological thing. You you had a system, didn't you? I'm sure I did. I'm right. sure there's a deep meaning to be found in it. And if any of our listeners want to figure it out, please do send in your answers to... What's the address, Bernard? Uh, 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 yes, uh, uh, madammagentauk at gmail.com. That's madame with an E, of course. Yes, and UK because there's more of us, apparently. Yes, amazingly there are. Yes. I wonder if this is going to turn into one of those things a bit like when you play the Pink Floyd album, The Dark Side of the Moon, with The Wizard of Oz. Do you know about this? I have no idea what you're talking well, about. Well, they sort of sync up and it's a lot of conspiracy theories. What are you theories. talking about? Oh, I don't know. I just... Sync up in what way? What, you play the same record? Well, yes, you put... You, in you... different places and they, well, they no, no, sound no, no, the same. No, no, is that no, what, what you're no, saying? No, no, what you do is you uh, as soon as the, the MGM lion oh, roars God. at the beginning, then you, pl- you press play on the Pink Floyd album and then they sort of sync up. They sort of... They, well, there's a lion roaring on... No, no, but it's just everything that happens in the Pink Floyd album sort of aligns perfectly with things what, that happen. including a lion? What, I can't remember a lion. I no, it's more... It's, it. Oh, never mind, dear. Let's just carry on. How, with would it, how would I... Who am I syncing up with? Well, I just thought, you know, the, the, the numerology thing and you know, people coming up with if their If anyone's own... got any idea what Bernard's talking about, do write in and let me know. All right. Chapter 24, here we go. Musical flourish. Let's have a few of them. All right. I tell you what, these angels know how to put on a show... I have no idea what's going on, but every hair on my body is standing to attention. The profound darkness of a moment before is now giving way to a dusky twilight. My eyes adjust immediately, despite the previous assault on my retinas, although I can't see anything interesting trapped in this damned cubicle. However, there's a gap between the top of the door and the ceiling, so I climb carefully onto the toilet lid. I lean forward precariously, and the door shakes briefly as my hands grip the edge, but my face just about reaches the gap. I look out. My breath catches in my throat. I haven't been this awestruck since Nudes on Ice, Las Vegas, 1989. Gabriel didn't have much space to work with, and you'd think the antiseptic nature of airport loos wouldn't exactly lend itself to theatrics, but it doesn't appear to matter. Gabriel and Fazir are the only things visible. Everything else, the sinks, the urinals, the tiled floor, everything is gone. Sorry, turn the page. They're not concealed by darkness. They are simply not there. Only an endless expanse of profound nothingness, devoid of light. Although seeing as I'm standing in a cubicle and not floating in space, this must be an illusion. Bloody good one, though. It's making me feel extremely vertiginous. 
Fazir isn't floating in nothingness. He's crouched in a supplicating position, and the laws of gravity are clearly still applying to him. His white-robed figure is illuminated by the rays pouring out of Gabriel. It's just so biblical, it's radic. The angel has dressed for the occasion, thankfully. No shitty band t-shirts this time. He's gone for the classic look, and the effect is stunning. He's wearing a flowing toga thing that looks like it's been woven out of stars and a tasteful little halo, and his face glows with the pregnancy hormones of a million knocked-up supermodels. Even his wings are three times the size they were before. They're flapping languidly as he hovers in the air. Surely in order to hover like that, his wings would be going like the clappers, like a giant hummingbird or a helicopter. But I imagine that would detract from the stately beauty of the scene. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shake Fazir. Gabriel says. The voice hasn't changed. It's still an androgynous nasal whine of a southern English accent. How does that work, I wonder? Does each person get allocated a guardian angel from their region, an economic bracket? Or maybe we hear what we want to hear, in whatever language we want to hear it in. Filling in the details with our busy little minds. Which possibly explains why Fazir responds to Gabriel in Arabic. Oh dear, you have to speak Arabic. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I don't think I can. I, I, I You're going to leave... have to do it. Go on, have a go. Yeah. Oh I, no, maybe no, not. No, I don't think I can do an impression of Arabic. I don't. Uh, speak anyway, Arabic. he says something. All right, yes. Fazir says something, and I don't speak Arabic, so I just, you know, I don't know what I heard. Gabriel looks unfazed. I am Gabriel. The angel croons majestically. Vizier blabbers a bit more, clasping his hands together humbly, stealing little glances at the angel's face. I catch a fleeting look of enjoyment on Gabriel's stretched, insectile face. He probably doesn't get to exercise his fabulousness as much as he'd like. This must be a nice break from the tedium of watching me carving bars of soap, I suppose. Hush, Vizier, says Gabriel when it's gone on for a bit. I am not angry. Do not fear my wrath. This is not the time for confession. Oh, that's interesting. Fizzy's obviously been offloading a few burdens. Must have a bit of a guilty conscience. Fizzy buries his head in his hands, burbling gratitude. But... Gabriel continues, cutting him off. You do have something that belongs to me. Something that you must return. Oh, good. He's getting straight to the point. The rings. The rings of Ochlachichlacher. Oh, you went a bit Scottish there. Yeah, well, it's written pretty much exactly as I said it, isn't it? I think it was more sort of uh, old Gaelic than modern Scottish. Oh, yes, maybe. 
Go on. Have a go at the sort of Lord of the Rings-esque burble. Well, they do a lot of Lothrithlin friendly Oh, you're so good at that. Yes, that's right. It's a bit of elvish for you there. There's a little vibrating tongue there. Yes, I can do that. Very handy. As well you know. <laughs> now, Angel's faces are mainly blank. The only reason I can detect changes in expression is because I've been able to see them for years. And even then, their emotions seem to be limited to peeved, smug and bitchy. But I'm fairly certain that I can detect an edge of fear in Gabriel's face. I wonder why that would be. He must be scared of the rings. Or that Fizzy won't give him the rings. Or that Fizzy will put them on. Or that they're totally last season. Oh my God, lol. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling a little hysterical. And I'm not the only one. Fazir is still babbling away, his hands covering most of his face in humility and fear. Derek, I whisper. Yes, he replies, breathing frostily into my right ear. I almost lose my footing on the toilet seat. What was the inscription on the rings again? I don't speak Latin, but maybe it's the sort of thing you can guess. Can't be that hard. One says, Malus autem angelus, and the other says, Et venice et obtemporare. Ah, yes, yes, yes. No, no, none the wiser. I imagine angelus means angel and malice is probably bad, but that's no help. I return my attention to the main show. The rings are not yours, Fazir. Gabriel says, stretching his wings out further and lifting his chin imperiously. Do you wish to upset our lord? At this, Fazir dares to look up and into Gabriel's face. He softly moans something and starts scrabbling with both hands at the neck of his robe, locating the necklace. Fazir stretches his hands forward and offers it to Gabriel, the chain spilling over his fingers, the rings glinting on his upturned palm. I sort of imagined that Gabriel might levitate the rings into the air, but no, rather disappointingly, he just swoops down and grabs them. A look of profound relief floods his face. Cheers. The angel says and disappears. End of chapter. Oh. Oh. I think there's one more left. Is it just one? No, it's one, two, three. Oh, blimey, you did actually do quite a bit more than And an thing. epilogue. It's all right. How long have we... Uh, we well, I, I don't I know. I think they want to know do, the end, Shall we just they? get to the end? Let's, Let's just, just get have to a long the bloody one, end, end, and then I can have a holiday. Oh. I say holiday, but where am I going? Well, Nowhere. yes, yeah. Tesco. Right, chapter 25. Oh. Musical flourish. I blink. In the time it takes me to do this, the bathroom turns back into a bathroom. Fazir lurches backwards when the fluorescent light comes back on, losing his footing and collapsing onto the floor with a grunt. Where's he taken the rings? Derek panics. He'll give them to us when we get out of here, I whisper, and then I wonder how we're going to get out of here. I still have the bathroom key, but between me and the door to the lounge is a large man who might have a few questions. Oh dear. It turns out to be a problem I don't need to find an answer to. Before I have the chance to ponder, a sharp click indicates that the main bathroom door has been unlocked from the outside. A group of men in black body armour rush into the bathroom in formation, guns held before them, shouting things like, Get down on the ground! and such like. I look at Derek and his face reflects the terror I'm feeling. How the hell am I going to explain this? Will they even give me the chance? What do I do? I beg of Derek with my eyes. Derek steps into me. Cold washes through my body. Cold and the faint hint of... Glamour. He whispers in my head. And just as the door is kicked in, I instinctively project nothingness. 
The door slams against the cubicle wall, and two men direct gun barrels from either side. I spot another gun trained on the inside of my cubicle from a shooter crouched behind the island of sinks. Three guns, directly pointing at me. Clear, someone shouts, and the barrels are withdrawn. A black helmeted face peers into the toilet, quickly surveys it, and withdraws. My heart is going ten to the dozen, but my mind seems to have switched to instinctive survival, so without hesitating, I uncurl myself from the fetal position I'd adopted and bolt for the door to the lounge. No one follows me, and no one sees me as I run invisibly through the airport and the wrong way out of the departure lounge barriers. End of chapter. Could you have got away with it? Well, I'm sat here, aren't I? Well, that's true. You did get away yes, with it, yes. yes. Spoiler. <laughs> yes. Chapter 27! Let's keep going. Musical flourish. I only stop running when I hit the car park, at which point Derek separates himself from me. I'm literally choking with adrenaline. I grip hold of a bollard as I heave, closing my eyes in an attempt to calm my racing pulse. <laughs> when I open them, Derek is a couple of feet away from me. He's a will-o'-the-wisp. More transparent than ever before. Gabriel, where are you? He's pleading softly into the air. I'm not sure it even matters where Gabriel is. Even if we had the rings right now, we'd never get back to central London in time to give them to the charity. Derek is clearly out of energy, which means we're out of time to make the gesture that would win him the most points. If Gabriel is my guardian angel, he's got some bloody explaining to do when he finally turns up. Disappearing when he's got what he wants and leaving me to a room full of armed men is hardly guarding me, is it? I'm sorry, Derek, I say softly. He looks at me with sad eyes. Shit, he says, his voice a sigh, and I nod. It certainly is shit. I've now got two husbands to contend with for the rest of my life. Talking of which, I dig my phone out from a pocket in my caftan and call Bernard. Are you okay? He asks anxiously. I'm fine, dear. Where are you? I'm still in the airport, he says. I'm having a mocha cherry merry berry latte, and I don't like it. I smile. We'll walk to the car and meet you there, I tell him, and hang up. Well, obviously, I also say bye. I'm not in a cop show. Derek and I head silently for the car. My mind runs through the ramifications of our failure. Derek will be my constant companion now. Bernard won't like that. I can't imagine any spouse putting up with a situation like this. I'm not sure how long even a relationship as strong as ours will survive that level of interference. Well, you're here now, aren't you, Bernard? I am here, yes. Bit of a spoiler there as well. I distract myself with other thoughts, like whether Fazir is getting interrogated and detained without recourse to legal help. Oh, what's that emotion? Oh, yes, it's guilt. I hope the authorities aren't too horrible to him, and I hope he's sensible enough not to start blathering to them about angels and powerful religious experiences. What a mess. We reach the car at the same time as Bernard, who takes me into a warm embrace before I even have the chance to speak. I wiggle out of it. I'm not sure I deserve to be comforted, really. Bernard looks a little nonplussed. Are you okay? He repeats. What happened in there? Did you find Fazir? Did you I interrupt him before he can go on. It didn't work, I say, and get in the car. Maybe it's best if Bernard does get fed up and eventually leaves me. Then Derek and I can just get on with living together, in an entirely non-physical union that one of us is incapable of leaving, while the other stays out of fear of being alone and powerless. Of course, Derek will be powerless wherever he is, in heaven or earth, I'll become the centre of his universe as the only entity he communicates with. 
Derek will be bored and miserable and emasculated, and he'll end up taking it out on me. Christ, on a ruddy skateboard. I'll end up on the gin at this rate. Bernard opens the driver's seat side and gets in. He stays quiet, sensing I don't want to talk. We drive all the way home like that, with Derek floating silently in the back seat. Oh, end of chapter. Oh, that's a bloody miserable chapter, isn't it? Oh, very. Hopefully there's victory on the horizon. Do you think there might be? Well, who knows? That's the jeopardy. Hello, Bernard here. We changed our minds and we thought we'd leave you with one last cliffhanger. So we'll leave it there, but tune in next time for the final installment of Magenta. Madame Magenta was created and performed by Lindsay Sharman, with Lawrence Owen as Bernard. Music and sound design by Lawrence Owen. Artwork was by Claire Lafarge. You can follow Madame Magenta on Twitter at Madame Magenta UK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by going to coffee.com forward slash longcatmedia. That's ko-fi.com forward slash longcatmedia. For more information about this podcast, as well as our flagship drama series, Mockery Manor, please visit longcatmedia.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In June of 2020, an amateur podcaster disappeared from the Carson National Forest while searching for the legendary Thin Treasure. But he was adamant that he was onto something big. He was obsessed. He showed her some hand-drawn map to a treasure out in northern New Mexico. The subjective truth is part treasure hunt, part paranormal docudrama. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson, Back at home, I placed the box on the counter, and I just stared at it for a while. You'd never be able to guess its social impact on the human race by looking at its simplistic design. UFOs, ghosts, reincarnation, and liars. This is The Subjective Truth. Subscribe now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.